Hey, Rockheads, it's time for NDC Oslo again, June 15th through 19th in Oslo, Norway. Richard and I will be there, of course, as well as all your favorite speakers. World-class stuff here, folks. NDC-Oslo.com. We'll see you there. .NET Rocks, episode 1127, with guest Eileen Fisher. Recorded Thursday, April 9th, 2015. Thank you very much. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. It's another hour of .NET goodness with your friend and mine, Richard Campbell. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And myself, Carl Franklin. How are you, Richard? I'm doing pretty good. I am actually preparing to uh, do a lecture tonight uh, uh, for a bunch of statistics students up at the university. Wow, you never cease to amaze me. What are you going to talk about? Well, basically how you make money from statistics. <laughs> well, you know, and the funny part is... Statistically speaking, I've made a lot of money from teaching statistics. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to teach statistics. It's actually a friend of mine who teaches statistics. And I don't know how I got old enough that I now have friends who are professors. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, no, he's a, a, a buddy I've known for pushing 30 years. Okay. Who's now a a. a, a a professor at the university and he teaches statistics and we were talking about it one day over beer and, he, and I was talking about, well, you know, I use linear regression for figuring this out and, and so forth. And he goes, you should talk to my class about it. So I've been doing it every year now. Huh. And I'm really, I, I think tonight's lecture is really going to be how statistics applies to IOT technology to make lots of money. Well, isn't that interesting? I'd like to <laughs> attend that myself. It's a good little talk. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. Okay. And you know what happens in the second half? Becomes uh-huh. a geek out. We oh, just cool. go all over the place. So. That's not your friend Steve who uh, did the Goliath adventure with you, is it? No, but it's from that group of people, and that Steve will be in the audience. Isn't that cool? He's a real person, if anyone's ever heard that story. He, and he, he runs IT for that university. Does he know about the popularity of the Goliath story? Yeah. yeah. He's also, you know, aware of some editorialization that <laughs> went on in it as well, so... <laughs> Let's just say in real life, it's not quite as funny as oh, as it, the version that uh, that ultimately became the story. It's a pretty funny story. All right. Well, anyway, let's roll the music for a little segment we call Better Know a Framework. Awesome. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, now, of course, this little segment, I should mention, started off as me picking a piece of the .NET framework apart and uh, just shining a little light. Just let people know you don't have to write this code. It's already written for you, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we ran out of really interesting things, and then we started doing really esoteric things. And then I started mentioning things that were that people were blogging about or talking about on the internet. And sure. every once in a while, a product comes in here, and this is one of those. Oh, so this is at uh, talked about at tinyurl.com slash USB faceplate. What? That's right. It's the genius faceplate. You take your faceplate off a wall jack. And this is in US and Canada now. Yeah. Take your faceplate off the wall jack. You screw on this faceplate and it's got a USB plug in it. Nice. This faceplate has a little, a couple of wires that go in between, uh, you know, just in the right place to uh, power the USB port. Oh, okay. This makes it way simpler. Because normally, if you want to add USB to an outlet, you have to replace the whole outlet. That's right. Which actually means playing with enough electricity to hurt you. Yeah. And now you just replace the faceplate. No, it's very clever. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's a good one. Nice find. 
Yeah. The genius faceplate. All right, Richard, who's talking to us? Grabbed a comment off of show 1088, and that's the one we did with Mr. Sonmez when we were talking about working on your career. Mm-hmm. And we've got a few great comments from there. And, and, and John's interacted with everybody, but that's typical John, isn't it? Yeah. And Jonathan Gallagher says, uh, good show, guys. I've been reflecting off and on the last three weeks on the conversation at the start of the show about the risks of the commoditization of software development. Yep. I confess, although it presents distinct challenges, it doesn't particularly scare me. Part of that is that in order to treat developer talent more like cattle than pets, Businesses have to create jobs that developers can treat more like cattle than pets. Yeah. It's very fair, right? Yeah. As long as you allow yourself to be boxed in the first place, you're going to stay boxed. Yeah. Just don't tell the business people that. They frequently like to believe that they and their businesses are special snowflakes that any developer be honored to serve, even if they are very much like dozens of other employees. Mm. So, I mean... And I, what I liked about that particular comment is this idea of the business owner will always tell you how their business is unique. You know, every time you go to build a piece of software for them, it's like, right. no, no, you, you can't use this existing piece of software because we're unique and it's going to be all different. Right. And then they want to treat developers like they're not unique. Mm. Or, I mean, you know, generally the idea of treating staff like they're not unique is crazy. It's not, not the a right thing to good do. idea. Yeah. But uh, I did think it sort of relate to our conversation today just on this idea that part of branding is – making your visibility unique. You know, what? It, what is it you bring to the table? So, John, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or in any of our mobile apps because we've got them for Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, iOS, and Windows 8. And with that, let me introduce our guest. Eileen Fisher is a highly skilled marketing professional with more than 20 years of global high-tech marketing experience. She's been described as exceptionally outgoing, which is true. It's this characteristic which fuels her passion for being a trusted advisor and partner with customers, talking to them, satisfying their needs, and forming long-term business relationships. Uh, she's been quoted as saying, I like knowing we make a positive difference in customers, businesses, and lives. Eileen's knowledge of marketing in the technology sector is significant and has strong experience with cloud digital, social media, product development and launches, and technical services marketing. She's learned the nuances of navigating ambiguous environments to create optimum performance. Current marketing projects include a Fortune 500 company and a startup consulting business. Both are in the technology industry. Eileen's personal branding clients include a Fortune 100 senior VP, several mid-cap business C-suite executives, and accomplished technology professionals. Welcome, Eileen. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm really uh, excited to be here with uh, both Richard and Carl today. And, you know, we have a history. Um, Not only were you on show 243 with Tim Huckabee and uh, Peter Kuhn, yeah, that was going back a while, Um, but we're talking about the Scripps Institute, but you used to run the RD program, so we have a long history. We absolutely do, and I absolutely recall the day that we started to talk about this concept of a radio show on the Internet and Mm. what that would turn into, and lo and behold, here we are at .NET Rocks. How many episodes are we at? I think your show is, what is it, Richard? 1127. Yeah. Truly amazing. Yeah, it's been a long ride. And uh, we, we thank you because, you know, you did a, a, a great deal to get us known inside of Microsoft uh, so that people, you know, in in the company were listening to what 
people outside of the company were saying about them. So thank you for that. I absolutely say you're welcome, and I say it's well-deserved, and I have always believed that the greatest way to get attention inside a company, especially one the size of Microsoft, is to start talking outside. When you start talking outside, everybody inside takes a minute and listens. Has that changed at Microsoft? I mean, I know you don't work there anymore, but is it your sense that that Microsoft is a different place now, or are they still interested in in, uh, listening I think more so than ever, they are interested in listening to what's going on outside, especially with the advent of all the social media that drives everything that's going on today, and the voice of the customer comes through in social media. So more than ever, I think they're interested in listening outside. Now, let's not forget for a moment, though, the leadership leads the uh, entire boat, and everything that is said by anyone in leadership is going to be listened to, but mm-hmm. if it's overridden by social media... That's when you have a little trouble. So mm. it's it's an interesting conundrum to be in at this point in time. Even knowing what social media to ignore, because a lot of it is noise, isn't it? Absolutely. A lot of it is noise. But you know what? If people are saying it, perception is reality. That old adage has never gone away, and it's still a fact today. And that really brings us to personal branding, which is your forte these days, isn't it? And uh, Absolutely. Perception being reality. So what is personal branding anyway? Personal branding is so many things, and so I'll start with a short story. I was taking a very short amount of time off from my career, which I have never done, and during that time, someone in the industry who is very well-known, and I, I won't use her name because she may not want me to, but someone very well-known in the industry came up to me and said, hey, I'd love your help with personal branding. I said to myself, and then to her, what is personal branding? What do you think it is? I have my own perception of it, but what do you think it is? And so she went on to explain that it was helping her in a couple of different ways, and that led us to sort of a definition of personal branding that I hold today. And that uh, definition is really around how do you want to be known? How would you like people to think of you both in the industry and even perhaps personally when they hear your name? What technology would you like to identify with? What area of expertise? What geography even? What are some of the personal attributes, you know, is it? Uh, I'm responsible, I'm responsive, I'm knowledgeable, I'm intelligent. Where would you like to be known and where would you like to make your mark today? That's sort of your personal brand and what you take with you to every job and every different role that you have within companies. That's what you carry with you. That's your legacy and sort of, well, what you want to be seeing on your tombstone. That's kind of a classic one, isn't it? Going all the way back to to Alfred Noble, it's like, what is your uh, eulogy going to be? What are you going to be remembered for? It absolutely is, and I like to think of the mixture between personal and professional branding. And so a lot of people might start to think as they listen to this conversation, is she talking about shoes and hair? Because let's face it, personal branding has often been about what do you look like and how do you speak? And that doesn't go away. I couple what I do today in the sort of professional world with what you look like and sort of how you present yourself. You can't neglect either side of it. But for our conversation today, personal branding is really a little bit more like professional slash personal branding because you have a personal brand within your profession, and that's what we're talking about today. Now, it doesn't really mean that you go around saying, you know, uh, 
<laughs> I want you to think of me as this and that and the other thing. I mean, you can't be literal about these things, but you you need to uh, everybody, I suppose, needs to come to what do I want people like you say, what do I want people to think about me? And it and it's almost unfortunate that people size you up, you know, really fast. And they they want to put you in a box, and if they're going to put you in a box anyway, you know, what are those boxes? What what boxes would you like them to put you in? Really? It's absolutely the way to look at it. And uh, one of the exercises that I think um, is really interesting to go through, and I know I provided and I think will be posted for you to review, is how to go through sort of your list of attributes and say, hey, where are my strengths? Are my strengths in, you know, that I'm a great speaker? Are my strengths in that I'm a great writer? Things like that identify those, know that that's what you want to accentuate and find opportunities to actually do those things so it proves versus you going out and saying, hey, I'm a great writer, read my stuff. Instead, be the great writer and let people read your stuff. So does this take the place of conventional marketing? I mean, are you marketing yourself or do you use yourself to market what you're doing or what you're selling? What Are all of those things true? Oh, Carl, you've opened the door to so many questions. (laughs) So what I like to think and I believe is very, very true for the technology industry today, marketing has changed dramatically. It is no longer attract your attention, what's the latest campaign, give me a slogan, give me a tagline. Today's marketing for the technology world is really about how much content learning Education can you truly provide to someone? It's about a transfer of information and knowledge. And so personal branding does not take the place of marketing, but it absolutely stands in the way of marketing if it's not working together with the traditional marketing. And so let me give you a little bit of an example. In a traditional company, there will be some messaging that they want to get out there. And that messaging the marketing team gets out there is in the form of the PR, the public relations messages, the campaigns they're running, what are they selling, what's the latest launch. And then they also have things like messaging frameworks, which we can talk a little bit further about. But they basically outline how they want their employees to represent the company and how they want their employees to talk about the company. Well, that's really all very interesting. And you want to make sure that in your personal branding, you are not necessarily repeating the words, but you're not contradicting them. If you are contradicting them, if you're speaking a different language and using different terms, you are going to run into trouble. So no, personal branding doesn't take you away from marketing. I think it brings you closer to to marketing, but personal branding is in and of itself a form of marketing that has to be treated separately. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and you can give us some good examples of of companies or people who are doing this successfully. I mean, I can think of maybe Mark Zuckerberg. Who, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's in the. He, you don't re- really hear him speak a lot, but you read a lot about what he says and what he does. You're totally right on, and so it would have been just the opposite, even you know, 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, it would have been just the opposite. You would have had, Mark would have had a series of handlers, and let's use the example, let's compare him, dare we, to Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah. Bill had a series of handlers, and those handlers advised him every step of the way how to speak, how to look, how to dress, 
everything. Instead, today, I would argue that Mark's handlers are more limited and more technical, and they're advising him on where to show up, what to say in terms of an overall message, but they're not carefully scripting how he uh, presents information and they're not giving him the talking points. They're basically saying to him, here's where your audience is showing up. You show up there. And when I say show up, I don't mean necessarily physically. You know that. I mean also online. You show up there. You have your say there, and it will be repeated, and people will listen to you. So you don't have the same amount of handlers. Instead, you're on your own. You're developing your personal brand, not your professional brand that is going to go with the company. The company will always have you speak the company language. What's the brand that you're developing that you take when well, probably Mark won't be leaving where he's at today, but perhaps you'll be leaving where you're at today, and you'll want to take your personal brand with you. You've taken with you everything that you've done over the past number of years, and you take that with you, and that becomes who you are from a personal standpoint, not just how you furthered the company's uh, well-being. So is the point here that we're trying to focus it on just the few things that we're good at or that we care about? Like. I'm good at a lot of different things. I'm, not I'm just never sure what I would want to necessarily put forward. Well, we absolutely want to think about the more limited scope of what we're really great at. Let's face it. As you say, you're good at so many things. I'd argue you're great, but that's another story, Richard. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say you want to narrow down on what are the few things you're really good at today. And I got um, a, a good uh, example, you know, that came to me today off of my website just to lead somebody saying, hey, I'm interested in personal branding. She's a real estate broker, and she wants to get more well-known beyond her company. And I think that's a really cool concept. But she was very clear that she doesn't want to just be known as selling houses. She doesn't want to just be known as, uh, you know, I'm a listing agent. You know, I will sell a house for you. I will close the business. She wants to be known as an expert in staging the house. She wants to be known as an expert in a multitude of things, preparing, you know, for your um, your appraisal, things like that. Well, that's a lot of stuff to be known for. You need to yeah. fine tune where it is, you, where your niche is. And so we talked a little bit about that and we're putting together some ideas for her on how she can really narrow down her approach to what she's best at. And then all the rest comes out in the conversation. You can't hide what you're good at. It all comes out. But I would think that, and not that I want to drill into real estate here, but it's like you, every realtor can sell a house. Like, wouldn't you want to go after some kind of distinctive attribute that goes above and beyond? Yeah, and I'm going to have her go through an exercise. It's one of the first tasks I have people do. One of the first things I like to do with personal branding uh, is, and I'm taking a step back and going through the how-to, but one of the first things I like to do is take a look at what is it that you're known for today? What's your personal brand that's out there? And there are research tools. You can do manual research that you just do some hard work and, and call through sites and things like that and mentions and, and Google searches. But there are some tools out there today that will just let you take a look at, let me get a read on what your personal brand is today. So it's really kind of cool to get a read on people's personal brand and find out, you know, hey, where, where are you um, known today? So what we might want to do with someone like this who's a real estate agent, is say to her, listen, you are already known for staging the best houses and having open houses that are almost like a party. Let's focus on that. 
Let's mm. make that your personal brand. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're selling a house, but that's the cool thing. People like to come to your open houses. It's like a good time. There's music playing. You have a live band. Right. You have hors d'oeuvres. Let's focus on that. That's your personal brand. And focus, indeed. What, do you think in the technology sector, it's really all about the content that we bring forth? I mean, isn't that our branding, our content that we, that we provide? Absolutely, 100%. It's all about the education, the mentorship, whatever information you provide is your personal brand. And if you decide that, hey, .NET is where I'm at, you know, some component of .NET is where I'm at, make sure that's what you're writing on. Make sure that's what you're speaking on. Make sure when people think WCF, they think Yuval Lally. That's a cool thing. And that's what you want out of personal branding. Do you think that's what Yuval wants right now? Not today. <laughs> not, today. <laughs> <laughs> not today. I do not believe that is what he wants, but you, you know what I'm saying. For I, the no, past, yeah, I do. that's absolutely a factor, and you must think about your past, too. You can't forget your past never leaves you. You're, we're in the world of the Internet and social media. Your past is today, tomorrow, and always. So you, you, you've got to reestablish your personal brand all the time. Boy, that's true. Yeah, I think about guys like... Um, uh, John Papa, who were really known as a silverlight guy, you know? Yeah. And look how he's he rebranded do? himself as uh, yes. the spa guy. It, it, it's fascinating how you can take your personal brand and lift it up, examine it, say to yourself, you know, I need to do something else. You know who's a great example of that? Tim Huckabee. Oh, Tim yeah. Huckabee has been what I would refer to as a generalist who becomes a specialist every few years. Yeah. Every few years, he's transformed his personal brand into a specialty, and I just find that fascinating. I think he could teach classes on personal branding. He may not know it, but he could actually do it. I bet you're right. Well, and and funny, we think about our industry, because I think, you know, with the group of communicators we have around us, whether we do it intentionally or not, you sort of establish a brand. It's the blog posts you write and the sessions you do and the, the bio you offer. Like, you kind of put yourself out there constantly if you're going to be part of this conference circle and, and the webcast and all those sorts of things. Hey, and the podcast. Yeah. But what if you're not um, somebody who speaks or writes or blogs or, you know, what if you're, what if you're a dark matter developer? You know, what if you're a, you're just somebody who works at, you know, you're a developer at a company and you don't really have a public presence. Is there, does personal branding mean anything to you? Absolutely. And you're so right on because half of the clients who have come to me so far since we opened the doors have little to no public recognition. And that's not because they weren't trying necessarily, but they also weren't going out going, I need to be big. I need to be, you know, heard. They were just going out and doing their job. But they, a point comes where they say to themselves, I'd like to get a promotion at work. I'd like to differentiate myself from the next guy. Oftentimes, a software developer will look at personal branding as a way to look just a little different than the guy who codes right next to him. And it amazes me how easy it is to take someone who does any kind of software development and actually look at their personal brand and find it because it is there. They don't realize they've hidden it. They don't shout it out. And all we have to do is a little bit of homework and we can pull it out and we can start to promote them based on that personal brand. I mean, I, that would be the argument, of course. We all have a brand. The question is, do you know what yours is? Yeah. And that's the exercise 
on on the uh, site that we're going to post that we ask people to go through and try to figure out what is your personal brand. And then more importantly almost is what is your elevator pitch? Do you have, you know, and that's an old adage, again, an old marketing standby. What's your elevator pitch? If you had two minutes in the elevator with, uh, I, I, I don't know, Steve Ballmer, and you wanted to pitch him something about, you know, uh, sports and you wanted to get involved in, in technology and sports, suppose you had that two minutes. Do you have two minutes to tell him why you are the right person, why you have an expertise, and can you back that up? But get, just getting to the point where you need to back it up means you've already done a lot. Absolutely. You've done your homework to be able to back it up. And that takes me to thinking about messaging frameworks. And it's a boring topic, and developers hate to hear about it, so I'm going to talk really fast about it. But I'm going to say messaging frameworks is a old component of marketing. You take a point. You want to make a point. Say your point is, we are the number one software company in the world. I don't know where I got that from. It just popped into my head. So (laughs) (laughs) say that's your point. Then you need to come up with supporting evidence, and then you need to come up with customers who agree with you. Everybody needs a messaging framework. You need it for yourself. You need it for your company. You need it for the product you represent. Messaging frameworks can go a long way to helping you. Once you've written one, you'll never have to rewrite your bio, your positioning, again, until you change what you're standing for, what you're going out to be known for. Right. So, so it's something we can talk about and an example we can put up on the website. I don't know if I uh, gave you one to do, but uh, it's really a fascinating exercise. And if you can accomplish that, you get yourself talking points that every talk you give, every bio you, you produce always has that same message in there. It goes a long way towards personal branding. And you don't need any special tools to do this stuff. It's just pen and paper, right? Not a thing. And here's the great part of it, Carl. It's part of what you do every single day. None of this is new. Okay, I'll grant you, you got to spend an hour or so. You're going to have to spend an hour or so to invest in a resume, right? So it's the same sort of approach. It's an hour I'm going to spend on myself today or or, or this weekend. And then you kind of fine-tune some of your messaging. But the truth of the matter is, this is every interaction you have with every customer, every person, every colleague, every day that you reinforce the same thing. And like you said, it's pen and paper. You sit down, you jot some notes down, you put together a piece of paper. There's nothing that you have to pay for. I'm glad to be paid to help people do this because it's something I do every day. But the fact of the matter is, I'm going to give you some tools. You can sit down and do it yourself. Let's see. Paper, paper. I have some <laughs> of that around here somewhere. Maybe in the paper. old closet from the 80s. Wait a second. Oh, no. Here's a CD jacket. That'll work. Nice. <laughs> and a Sharpie. I think it's okay to type it into Notepad, too. Probably That'll, right. It'll be all right. It'll be okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. You know what time it is now? Uh, it must be that happy time again. Yep. Time to avow my personal realtor branding. I don't just sell the house. I am the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from Developer Express to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, let me tell you, become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. 
Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. Awesome, dude. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Stacy Brewer. Ah, congratulations, Stacy. Yeah. Golf clap for you. Golf clap for Stacy, who just won the D Experience subscription from Dev Express, a big pile of awesome from them. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the fan club. But you got to sign up to win. And that brings us to you, Eileen. If you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what would you buy? Oh, it's so easy for me, and I just <laughs> discovered it. Uh-oh. So I <laughs> am not a technologist. I am a marketing person. I am now a personal branding person, and I don't think about technology except in the way that my customers and my clients need me to think about it. And so every day I think more about when I go online and shop, I'm shopping perhaps at Nordstrom, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you challenged me with what would I do with $5,000 in technology money, well, this was tough for me, but it fell into my lap. All of the tools that I talked to you about for measuring uh, your personal brand and where you're at with social media today, they cost a boatload of money. Oh, my. Yes, the old-fashioned way of just going out there, which I still advocate. I'm not throwing that out with the uh, the baby with the bathwater here. I still advocate some practical ways to just go out and find out what your brand looks like. But there are tools, and I'm going to give a shout-out to a, a tool called sprinkler.com. So it's the word sprinkler without the E at the end. Okay. Uh, Com, and that tool will allow you to look at at any time what your personal brand is out in the world. And it looks at all the social media tools. It looks at all the mentions, all the links, and things like that. And it's just fascinating to have a dashboard like that. And it would be fascinating to be able to offer that to my clients and to offer it to anyone who, you know, I hang out with who says, hey, how am I doing out in the social media world? And that's what I do with my technology dollars. I would spend $5,000. I would get a system installed. Maybe I'd only get a year, but at least I'd get a year of something really cool, and then I could decide next year, hey, do I want to renew? So that's how I would love to spend my $5,000. Awesome. And this actually brings up an interesting point about just understanding, especially someone who's never worked on their brand, quote, unquote. They always have one. So this is really about just trying to figure out what the gestalt is, what people perceive you as. Absolutely, because that's the thing. You think you have a brand, guess what? Your brand could be completely different, and boy, do you need to know that. And so before you embark on any great endeavor to establish a brand, make sure you understand what your brand looks like today. Right. Let me talk a little bit about LinkedIn, because I know a lot of people who love LinkedIn and all this stuff, and I, I'm not so sure um, if it's if everybody needs LinkedIn. I guess you know when I hear about it most from my friends is when they're between jobs, right? You know, but what uh, can you use LinkedIn for if you already have a job and you're not looking to change jobs? What is it good for? Oh, Carl, LinkedIn is my life. <laughs> I must tell you more. Okay. So I, I want to definitely give credence to the fact that it is about looking for a job. 
for so many people. And I talked to a VP of HR yesterday or the day before, and we uh, she was about a thousand person uh, software development company, uh, very well connected and well known. And she told me they ask for your resume when you apply for a job, but when you go around to meet with all the people for the interviews, it's actually a PDF of your LinkedIn profile. So nice. they throw out your resume and take your LinkedIn profile. So let me just get one shout out to anybody whose LinkedIn profile is not up to date. You need it to be. But let me talk to you about LinkedIn. Sure. LinkedIn has one very, very critical component that you can't forget. And that is the people who are the business decision makers, the people who own the budgets, the people who are the executives and who make the decisions in a company are spending their time on LinkedIn. That Every body of research shows that. Okay. If that's the audience that you want to influence, if you want to be able to be thought of when it comes time to write the check, you better be up to date in LinkedIn. You better have your act together when it comes to, to your profile and how you present uh, current uh, share current information and what your latest post was in LinkedIn, things like that, because all of that is looked at by decision makers. Now, when you talk about technical people, it is less valuable. There are other tools that are more valuable, other social media tools that are more valuable, but LinkedIn is really where the business decision makers are going to decide whether you might be the right person. What's the whole person look like? What charities are you interested in? What groups do you follow? It's not just what's the chronology of your work history and what did you do in each position. Not just a resume. Not yeah. just a resume. Absolutely not. The running gag has been for a long time. As soon as you see somebody's LinkedIn profile being updated, you're like, ah, you're changing jobs, aren't you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's absolutely true, but I want to dispel that myth because it's really not true. You have to update your LinkedIn profile as often as you update your resume or more so. I, myself, the moment I get a new job, update my profile on my LinkedIn profile immediately. And that doesn't mean I want a new job. It just means I'm the kind of person who's a little bit crazy and into control and have to go out there and get it up to date right away. So try not to think about it as I updated my LinkedIn profile. I need a new job. What I see when I see a new LinkedIn profile is you may be talking to a new audience today. You may have decided you have a new message to deliver, and that's why you go out there and update your LinkedIn profile. People may not know this, but uh, people do not have to be in your network in order to see your LinkedIn profile. Those are public, aren't they? You better believe it. All they need to do is search your name and they find it. And so if they want to get details on who you're connected to and many uh, of your contact information and things like that, then they have to be either friends with you or have to pay some extra money to LinkedIn to get a subscription that allows them to. So, yes, they are public for everyone in the world to see whether you're, you've connected with them or not. So that's a very good point. Although you have some control over what you show and what you don't. you got to pay attention to that if you're going to figure it out. Yeah, and that's the thing. Figure it out because figure out what you want to say. And I tell all of my clients, separate, and I'm bringing in a new topic, but separate Facebook from LinkedIn. Facebook right. is where you yep. go and post for your friends. You can post technology. You can post business decision-making conversation. That's all fine. But you're posting for your friends, and remember that. That's the place to have a little bit more fun and levity. LinkedIn is not the place for that. Okay. What are some of the mistakes that people make when uh, doing personal branding? So some of the things that 
we have seen is uh, especially with high tech, and that is my specialty. Every single client I have, with the exception of the real estate agent who just called, is a technologist in one way or another. Uh, the mistakes they made is they the number one mistake is they talk only to technical audiences. They forget that there is anyone else in the tree that needs to hear from them, and. The fact is, if you go in and pitch business, say you're a consultant, say you're a software developer looking for a new job, if you go in and you get an interview with somebody who's not a technical guy who can't read your code, where's he going to go? Where's he going to look? He's going to look at LinkedIn. And so many of the mistakes that I see is messaging on LinkedIn, messaging on Facebook, that's all about technology. It's too much. People don't understand. You need a place where you can be human and a whole person and show who you are. And so the mistake I see most frequently is only speaking to technical audiences. Remember, there's a, uh, there's a broader world out there, and you've got to speak to that broader world. I'll tell you a mistake that I see once in a while is people going for their pitch first, like, you know, pitching their latest thing before giving any kind of uh, content or any kind of establishing any credibility or any of that. Just thinking that the people who are following them on Facebook or Twitter will just, you know, just follow them to their events and their their things that they're selling uh, just because they are there. That's a great, great point. Don't forget to tell people who you are every time. Don't make the mistake that you're all Scott Hanselman and everyone knows who you are because the fact right. of the matter is they don't. And that brings me to an interesting tip I learned recently from a LinkedIn expert. You can change the order of information and how it's presented in LinkedIn, and it's a fascinating thing to play around with, whether you'd like to perhaps say something before the summary. The summary, I believe, is still the best way to introduce yourself, but perhaps you've uh, accomplished something recently, a patent, you know, something like that, and you'd like to put that up first, you can show that first, and that really speaks volumes. Then jump into the summary. So there's some interesting ways to, to play around with your profile. Yeah, so establish your cred first before offering any kind of anything for sale, especially. Absolutely. You know, I was just tinkering with LinkedIn a bit. Law, you know, went to the site in an incognito window, so no cookies, I don't have a login or anything like that. And noticed, if you're not a paying customer of LinkedIn, virtually no data appears about you. Fascinating. Yeah. right. They've got their own business going on there. I mean, I presume you're a paying customer of LinkedIn. I I am not only a paying customer, I'm paying the top customer rate. Oh, my. <laughs> and, uh, yes, which is over $1,000 a year to belong. And, mm. you know, the amount and what that directly coincides with is the amount of data they will give you about people. And all it's limited by is how much people will give about themselves. So mm. I can't get any more than what you put up in there about yourself. So right. it's very interesting, their business model. And you believe that this is so worth it? I, I completely do. I have built my business on LinkedIn. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, you've totally changed my mind about it. Like I said, I, I get so many requests for people to join my network, and I mostly think that they're just looking to further their jobs and things. But uh, And so it becomes a little overwhelming, you know, with all the all the people in your network. Who do you choose? Who do you not choose? Uh, but, but, you know, the way that you're talking about it is, yeah, just keep your profile current and, and put forth that personal branding so that Absolutely. other people know who you are. 
And don't be afraid to say yes to people that don't seem like they should be part of your network because the fact of the matter is, Carl, the, the more people you are connected with, the more people you're connected with. So you get all of their network, and you just never know when there might be an opportunity for you business-wise, personally. There are just an amazing amount of opportunities, and it's actually difficult to say no to someone on LinkedIn because let me give you the little tip. You can block them later just like you can on almost any social media site. If they get to be crazy, you block them, okay? It's hard to say no. They might have something to offer you. Right. So it makes me wonder if we shouldn't be listing .NET Rocks episodes on LinkedIn, too, because there's a whole, like, message board kind of thing there as well. Yeah, I think you, I'm going to pay some more attention to it. You mean you're not? You don't? <laughs> we do? don't. We don't. Oh, oh my we're, God. we're seriously, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I mean, we have a Facebook page. We have tweets that we send out once in a while. But mostly, you know, we just have we, – we just do our show. Yeah. We're pretty bad let's, about that. Let's talk. I would love to help you. You know I always <laughs> want to be a part of .NET Rock, so let's talk. I can help you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it'd be really – be, that's an interesting side of this is this one thing to promote your personal brand. It's another thing to promote your business. And your business has to be promoted there. It's almost a checkbox. People check there before they check the web anymore. And they don't have as much creativity with LinkedIn with your business as they do with your personal. It's a growing area for them, but it's growing fast, and they know there's a lot of money to be made. But most people today have a LinkedIn page for their business and takes them to the website. There's more to explore there, and it's something worth exploring and taking some time to uh, to expand on and see what you can do for your business on LinkedIn. Oh, very cool. So we talked about the difference between um, traditional marketing and personal branding and the difference between pure social media. Um, What kind of things can we do? uh, What other kinds of things can we focus on to help get our personal branding message out there? Well, I think what would be really great is just a a run-through on sort of the practical aspects for your listeners. You know, I know, uh, you know, as time grows short on the uh, program, I'd like to just give them a chance to think about just a few things and put in their bag of tricks if they want to give a shot themselves to doing this. Would that uh, sound like a good thing to run through? Absolutely. Bring it on. All right. So the first thing I would say is you want to do your research, and we've talked about it, so I'm not going to go into great detail. You want to do a little look-see. There are free tools out there, and you can find the free tools by searching, and you can find free tools that will let you look at what your current personal brand looks like in terms of social media. Where are you showing up? Where are people talking about you? And where are the links coming from? Take advantage of that. Go out and look and see what your personal brand looks like today. The second thing to do, we've talked about at length, go to your LinkedIn profile. Do it yourself. Hire someone to do it. Hire me. Hire any of the LinkedIn writers. Hire someone if you need help to write it and write it for the business decision maker. The next thing is get your resume up to date. Don't neglect your resume. Don't forget it is what you submit when you submit for a job and even the job that you get recruited for, even the job that you've got a shoe in for because you are a great software developer and someone wants you, you still have to submit your resume and it can turn somebody off. And it doesn't matter if you're not looking for a job. I think this is really important to say, even if you're not looking for a job. 
I agree with you, and I have always felt that way. Keep it up to date, because what if tomorrow you need a job? Have it up to date. So there are great resume writers. If you go to uh, my website, which is fisherconsultants.com, and I think you're going to post a link to it, there are some resume writers that I have known through the years that are just amazing. We'll do just an amazing job for a small amount of money, and we'll make you look like you're better than you ever thought you were. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it is an art uh, form. It's, it's, it truly is. The other thing to think about is other social media. Um, beyond just, you know, what, what we've talked about, there's other social media. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even talk about Twitter, right? You know, go out right. and explore the few top, just Google or Bing, what are the top 10, uh, sites for social media? Google Plus. Go out there and explore what, what, you could do out there. Do you even have a presence? Because you should have a presence on at least the top 10 sites, and you should think about that. And then lastly, you know, when you get practical and you want to think about how do I develop my personal brand, let's get offline for a minute. Let's start talking about one of the very best ways and the ways I've seen almost every single successful person I'm working with today start is their local user groups, their uh, user groups online that are associated with their technology, but things that are very practical to the technology you specialize in and the geography you live in. Those are places you can start, and getting offline is also important. You have to remember that online is just one aspect of your personal brand, and user groups and local meeting opportunities are some of your best for developing your personal brand. You mentioned free tools. Are there any particular ones you can point at that folks could take out for a spin just to get a feel for what's going on out there? I'm trying to think of some of the names. The best one, uh, the best ones I know of, the best tool I know is Sprinkler, and Sprinkler will give you a test drive. So let me look into it a little bit more, and let's promise our listeners that I will have something posted up there that gives them some uh, reference to the free tools. And, and Sprinkler, to be clear, is a pro-level tool. Like This is really built for big organizations that have a team that want to do this in a big way. Absolutely. So that's why I say I want to make sure I give you some tools that are for uh, the average person who just wants to know, how am I doing? Because I went through, and I, I wish I, it's been a while, I wish I could remember the name offhand, but I went through and I said, what's, what's Eileen Fisher's brand? Well, guess what it is? She's a clothing retailer, and she has boutiques in New York and everywhere in the country. So I didn't know you were so into clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I am, and so she's yeah. not me. And so that makes it even more challenging when you have a name that uh, someone who is, by all practical accounts, a celebrity. I have a celebrity name, so how does anyone find me? So that that becomes really, really challenging. You have to start to come up with ideas like saying, the Eileen Fisher instead uh, of Eileen Fisher. I so. have, I have a, a, somebody with the same name as me who is a very famous, actually, um, he was a B b-movie actor in the 70s and he became a director and now he's a very famous director he directed denzel and devil in a blue dress and out of time and uh, a couple of even newer movies and uh yeah and and i and i have more google love than he does except his son uh, marcus carl franklin has a lot more than me uh and he's a musician so um, I, i'm sure i'm gonna meet this guy someday i think the cool thing is though when you go out and you bing your name, 
you're, you still come up really high. So that's cool. That's the cool thing. It's because Microsoft you, knows my IP address. You know And they know say, it. that's Carl Fraggle from New London. <laughs> We're going to give him all of the things about him. Give him the love. <laughs> give him the love. See, everybody gets this. It's the Carl love. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you go through, to create your messaging framework, you talk through an example, you get out your pen and paper, you describe yourself, and, and you mentioned like a, a list of keywords or adjectives that you write down yes. that you can start uh, highlighting and crossing off, right? And yep. that's one of those resources that we're going to point to. Absolutely, and it's never been more important than today for you to think about how to stand up on the box and shout your attributes. You find a way to write them into everything you do because they stand for who you are and what you do. Write a little hip-hop song about yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Couldn't be better. But, you know, there are a lot of people, you guys, who are already at a base level when it comes to personal branding. And I bet they've been listening and they've been saying, oh, I got my LinkedIn thing going and I yeah. feel pretty good about it. And there are a few things, and if you think time permits, I can just tell you about a few things that I call advanced personal branding. And the place to go, once you feel like you've got the the underlying the underpinnings together and you feel good about them, where do you go next to enhance your personal brand? Hmm. Do you have a little time for that? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so the first one would be conferences. Are you speaking at conferences? Have you attended conferences? Do you sit in a panel in conferences? This is not an easy thing to do. This is advanced personal branding, but that is the place for you to look when you've got your basics down. Second thing is authoring a book. Authoring a book, there's no amount of cachet that comes from it and no amount of pain that comes from it, okay? It is But Eileen, what if you what if you suck? You, you get a co-author, okay? <laughs> get some help. <laughs> And if you suck and you can't talk at conferences, you get a coach, okay? (laughs) There is something for everybody, Carl. Don't you forget that, okay? Yeah, that's true. All right, so assuming that you can, this is what you should do. Exactly. Assuming that you can, and if you can't, work on doing it, because I'll bet you you can. I worked with a guy who did offshore or nearshore, excuse me, offshore is not the right term anymore, nearshore, nearshore uh, software development. And he said, I got nothing to say. I'm too shy. I'm too quiet. I worked with him. I got him a coach. I'm not a professional coach. I'm a personal brander, but I'm not a professional coach. I got him a coach. He is out there giving conference talks. He is scoring through the roof. He had knowledge like you wouldn't believe, scared to death, had to take pills before we got him on stage. Oh okay. We, you know, but we got him out there. He got over at small local conferences, the fear, and now he's doing national stuff and he's doing an amazing job. You'd wow. be surprised what you can do when you put your mind to it. And I mean, I feel like we've always put this in the context of getting a job. If that's just not on your radar, shouldn't you be working on your brand anyway? Absolutely. Getting a job, fine. How about getting promoted in the job you're in? How about when you get laid off and you end up knocking at the door of some other big company and they're looking at, well, what have you been doing? You're not going to get laid off, are you? That never never happens. Never. Who's been laid off? (laughs) (laughs) Companies are smart. They'll run their businesses correctly. Correct. Mm. It would never happen. Not today. Everything goes well. Yeah. Everything is awesome. All right. Well, um, what else? What else can we learn in this uh, in this list? Couple more things. Teaching. Have you ever 
thought about going to your local community college, taking your amazing technical depth in one subject, and doing continuing education. The most successful personal brands, some of them today in technology, are teaching at, you know, some of our have taken it to the adjunct professor status, things like that, but some of them just do continuing ed. And then mm-hmm. suddenly you've reached a whole nother audience of people and your transference of knowledge, it's just incredible. It's an opportunity waiting to happen. And it can be just three Saturdays a, a class. You know, it doesn't have to be a commitment of a lifetime, that type of thing. And lastly, think about universities. Think about the opportunity to really influence what a university is teaching. That's when you get to the very high level. Can you go in there and can you influence whether they're teaching about the technology that they should be? This is where you need help from the companies, the Oracles, the Microsofts, the Googles to support you in doing some of this. But there are programs that you can engage with, which both of you know very much about, the regional directors, the MVPs. There are programs you can engage with where you can have some cachet and you can knock at the door and get some meeting time with these uh universities and their departments that choose what they teach, and you can help influence what's being taught. It's amazing what you can do for your personal brand if you can uh, get down that path. That's very cool, Eileen. Okay, is there anything else on that list before we sign off? That's my list. That's my list. I have many, many more things I could talk about, time permitting, and so I invite anyone who would like to have a conversation about personal branding to do so. There's no charge to talk about personal branding. I just love to talk about it. And by the way, you know, .NET Rocks is another way that you can reach people. Of course, we're always looking for good stories and good good guests, and uh, you should just uh, send us an email, .NET Rocks at Franklin's.net, and make a pitch. There's There's no magic to it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you both for this opportunity today. It was certainly my pleasure to have a chance to talk to your developers and all of your listeners about personal branding. And I hope if I leave you with only one thought, that is to think about your personal brand and revisit some of the things that you have out there. It's so much easier than you think. And look for my book. It'll come out soon, as soon as I get my lazy self to get pen and paper and write it. And then you'll have something easy uh, for dummies brand book. But today there are books out there. Uh, for dummies for personal branding and there's all sorts of stuff out there that you can take advantage of. Eileen, thank you so much. It's great to talk to you again. Great to talk to both of you and you have a wonderful day. Alright, we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a boy. Life is hard.